0: all right listen up if you've got credit card debt or you're in a 30-year loan it's not a matter of if i can save you money it's a matter of how much and right now for how much longer it looks like interest rates are starting to creep up this could be your last chance to take advantage of these unbelievable rates if you hurry to save with right now you can be one of our next great success stories just like zach and in griffin indiana we hooked him up he left us a five-star review and here's what he had to say Derek and company made the process quick and painless. Everything was done online, no mortgage payments for two months. And when I do start paying, it'll be $500 cheaper than what I was paying. Thanks again for all of you that have helped. Being a wrestling fan has definitely paid off. I said, don't take my word for it. Get yourself a quick quote right now. Here's the worst case. If we can't save you any money, we won't waste your time, but you don't need perfect credit to do this. You don't need any money out of your pocket to do this. And we're licensed in more than 40 states. So why wouldn't you at least take a look at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Oh, and did you hear what Zach said? No payments for two months. We're talking no payments in March or April. You're done until May. Come on, find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. Steven's brand new deep navy blue and sparkling 24 karat gold dip twinkle twinkle roses here, but time is already running out because the brand new color sells out each year. Don't miss out. Imagine on Valentine's day when she opens this really cool gift box and out slides a blue rose trimmed in gold, you know, blue, the color of the sky just before the sun sets. And you can start to see all the stars sparkling in the night sky. It's breathtaking. Go now to see this real 24 karat gold rose deeply dipped in real pure 24 karat gold with petals in this unique and dazzling blue color that mimics the stars in the sky. Exclusively available at Steven Singer Jewelers. Real jewelers, real roses, really dipped in pure 24 karat gold with a real lifetime guarantee. It's always the number one Valentine's Day gift that lasts forever. It comes with your own free personal love note and ships fast and free to the real love of your life, your wife, your daughter, your sweetheart, and say, I'm lucky to have you in my life. Check out the entire collection of Stephen's famous roses. Roses started only $59. Go right now to I hate That's I hate Welcome
1: to something to wrestle with birds. Richard! Well, you know. That's not a rib. She pooted. She pooted. What a rib. No, you have a meal. There's no box of gimmicks. Rumor and innuendo. I don't deal in rumor and innuendo. And was he there? I was there. I saw the I don't give a shit. I ain't scared I ain't scared of shit. Fuck him. you
2: Bruce. I love hey, you take
1: the grain. you? Well, you know, and then double mail. You know,
0: it's called chicken salad. Double onion, mama. You're nothing but an egg sucking dog. They're on your Google machine. Goddamn, damn, kid. God damn it. What the hell
1: show you got there? I need more. Oh, <sighs> yeah. What say you? Bro now, And now, something to wrestle with. Call Bruce Richard. Eat the second most recognized
0: Gone red, home say What happened when? Uh, <gasps> what would Vince say about that?
2: Well, hey, man.
1: Tell me, yeah. Push arms look good tonight. Yeah. You're
0: so big. Yeah. Basketball shit. Welcome to Wrestle Man. Girl title now. Welcome to something to wrestle something with. To wrestle, something to wrestle, something to wrestle with. Something oh, to wrestle way. with. Something to wrestle with. Bruce Prichard. Hey, Hey, it's Conrad Thompson. And you're listening to something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, Bruce. Can it be, are you here? Is it real? Hello, Conrad. (laughs) I love you. Just did the hello Newman for hello, Conrad. What's going on, man? How are you? Just great. Conrad. Uh, we were talking off air, Bruce. How are you? And you were telling me that you were tired and hurting.
1: Um, What am I I supposed to be? I'm tired, sleepy, and
0: stressed. Yes. I forget the order, but that's, yeah, that's basically it. Well, you give the goddamn reports on me. Well, listen, I was recording when we first started talking. I realized we said something that should never get out. I immediately hit (laughs) stop, deleted all of that, and said, okay, we'll just start this show differently this week. Fine, Conrad. I'm glad you're fine, Bruce. We are excited to be back on how track. You, Why don't you ever talk about you? Well, cause I'm fucking great, man. Okay. Good. Seriously. Even if I wasn't, you know, I wouldn't <laughs> tell you any differently. Cause you ain't got That's time true, to care. Because you
1: lie.
0: I, I lie. No, I just, I I'm positive. So here's the thing, right? When people say, how are you, man? There's only two acceptable answers. I think Tom Segura did like a whole bit on this. The answers are great and fine. And if you're terrible, it's fine. You don't fucking tell some fucking stranger all your life's problems, right? That's basically Tom Segura's bit. But I adopted that long before. And so if I'm bad, like if it's a really bad day, how's your day? Unbelievable.
1: It's not yeah, technically well, a It's Fucking fine. How's that?
0: Okay. Now you sound like a disgruntled housewife right now. Is
1: that what this what? is?
0: You're a disgruntled housewife.
1: Why would I, I I don't, I don't understand this analogy.
0: Well, because here's the deal. You know, this, you've been married a long time. When your wife says she's
1: 25 years, it's 25 years this
0: year. And when she says we're coming up on that too, by the way, when she says fine, you know, that ain't fine.
1: (sighs) Yeah, this is true.
0: Did Brucey need a little drink of Wawa? Brucey needs some Wawa.
1: Brucey got, Brucey got Wawa over here. Brucey he got Wawa over here. Brucey he got canned beverages over here. Brucey he got Wawa in here.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to January 29th. It's Royal <laughs> Rumble nineteen ninety. It's the 29th already. It is, man. It flies. I tell you. Uh, no serious business. We were supposed to be delivering in your house six today. We're going to push that towards the end of the month. Uh, unfortunately we're going to be you bumping to manage
1: my time better.
0: I'm trying buddy. I got, I got my notes ready for six episodes. I'm just waiting on you to carve me off some time. And I'm hoping between you and that walking stick in the back corner, we can work something out.
1: That shouldn't be funny.
0: Hey, so let's go back to the beginning of 96. Our topic today is Royal rumble 96. It actually happened on January 21st. So we just passed the 25th anniversary. In Fresno, California, it was a sellout there, 9,600 fans. It's the biggest wrestling crowd yet for that venue. And it sold out several days in advance. The event had the tagline, welcome to the dark side. Uh, I guess that means we're going to double down on undertaker. We'll find out here in a little bit. Well, but but have you ever been to Fresno, California? I have not. I've been all over California, but never Fresno.
1: Well, on the way to Fresno. You go through Gilroy. You know what Gilroy is? Uh, no. Gilroy is the garlic capital of the world. I didn't know that. And we, you ever see Lost Boys? Yes. I think it was up in that area. I don't know if it's in Gilroy or not. But Gilroy is the garlic capital of the world. And the entire fucking place, when you, like, pull into it, it smells like garlic. It's like you start to smell garlic. And that's all I can ever think of whenever I do the Fresno loop.
0: So did, uh... Did the cornets ever vacation there back in the day? Yeah. Doubly. Well, I thought you told me a story once that maybe he was dating. Well, girl or, but it was no, some, that, somebody couldn't be around garlic. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh,
1: his companion on that one evening. Oh, Jimmy loves garlic. Okay. Well, shit. got get is, hot about it. I didn't God know. Damn, Uh, Godfather's pizza, double cheese, double sausage, double garlic.
0: That's Mother it. Fucker. That's it. He ordered a pizza once. In like a a writing meeting with vince and he ordered yeah. double garlic and it grossed vince out right
1: well no it it just was uh actually when it came vince smelled it and goes god damn it that fucking smells great oh um and jimmy had it you want a piece and offered vince a piece and vince picked up the one piece of pizza and was like god damn it was so heavy it was double, double cheese and double sausage and double garlic, motherfucker. Um, Vince took one bite and had to like, I can't, he couldn't eat any more of it. Jimmy ate the whole fucking thing.
0: Well, yeah, because it's fucking good. Shout out to Jimmy for knowing what's good. Uh, so the buy rate for this show is the best the company has done since WrestleMania 11, which I guess is maybe not that huge of a surprise. Settle the debate. Bruce fans have often debated what's really the number two show behind WrestleMania. Is it Royal rumble or is it SummerSlam? What would you say, especially in this era in 96?
1: Wasn't it... this era? I'd say it was still SummerSlam. Okay. But I think it kind of, because of the, the road to WrestleMania, I think it kind of switched to Royal rumble.
0: Yeah. It's really hard for me to argue against that because whenever I have like, um, friends who are like casual wrestling fans who want to hit me up to come watch a show. It's always rumble and mania. It's never SummerSlam. But anyway, this has done the best buy rate since WrestleMania 11. So it did better than SummerSlam 95, which in hindsight, maybe that's not that big of a surprise, but it's also a sellout. And this is at a time where the business wasn't exactly on fire. Uh, so it's good news all around 250,000 buys for this. It's a big jump from the year prior uh, that did 205,000 pies. And we're also going to see uh, bigger numbers over the next several months compared to the prior few shows. Uh, some of which the, are you okay, Bruce? I'm great. Is that,
1: so where does that rank on the, am I okay? How are you doing? I'm great.
0: Well, I just heard all of the, uh, the apple noises in the background. And usually when that happens, apple, on no, podcasts, I, did, I no, I fucking had an orange. So you're eating an orange and your orange made that noise. Let's go with that. I love you, Bruce. <laughs> anyway, you should hear. I know you don't have time. You don't have time to record our podcast. What <laughs> the less fuck
1: of- is going on? I got dings and bings and shit. This should all be off.
0: Your oranges should be off? Was that was that a navel orange?
1: Why? Oh Why? <laughs> God damn it! Okay, great. Yes, I, I'm sorry. Tangerine, go. Keep going. I'm awesome, man. I'm fucking awesome. <laughs> fucking awesome, dude. I couldn't be better. Are
0: you gonna make it to WrestleMania? You think? I'm just. Uh, I'm hoping you make it to SmackDown at this point.
1: I'm hoping I make it to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. You'll get real. Let's get fucking real. Oh, wait. God damn it. Then I sent the wrong fucking response to the wrong fucking thing. On your orange? Well, no. On the the computer thing here. What the fuck? I'm waiting now I gotta now I gotta explain that response to the oh Jesus fuck man
0: (laughs) god damn it this is what happens when you multitask you motherfucker you should just dedicate an hour to the podcast can I get an hour okay the fucking bad bunny will wait god damn it Don't you fucking goddamn, by God, disparage good goddamn name of Big Buddy. Oh, I'm not. By the way, I mean, I know we don't talk about current stuff. Congratulations. It's all over the internet. He's blowing up merch sales. So every now and again, you have a good idea up there, huh? (laughs) God damn. Are you drinking out of your life? I'm not even sure who the fuck I sent it to. This is what happens when you take Benadryl in the middle of the day, guys. Uh, look, the real question, are you drinking out of Amber's cup right now? We're drinking out of a cup that gold dust would have used in 1996. Yeah. So? I'm just wondering. Is there something wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with it. I'm just waiting for you to turn it over and it have like an embroidered A or something. It looks like something that you get at like a novelty shop for women and little girls. So? I was just wondering, is it Amber's?
1: Hot wax, stupid, What do you say? All
0: right, let me just control <laughs> alt delete your ass. Hang on, let me hit your I reset a button.
1: Play, she said, Not now, boy, but I did it anyway because I'm ready.
0: What? Yes. Oh, go ahead. I'm good. Do you remember when we had like a real podcast and we could like do a whole topic and it was fun? Shit.
1: For six, eight hours, and then I'd get hungry.
0: Thinking about the high interest rate credit cards you used over the holidays? When it comes to refinancing your credit cards, you have options. But only Lightstream was ranked number one by J.D. Power for customer satisfaction with personal loans. For J.D. Power 2020 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Lightstream's credit card consolidation loans start at just 5.95% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. You could save thousands in interest. You can even get your money as soon as the day you apply. Apply today for a credit card consolidation loan from the company J.D. Power, ranked number one for customer satisfaction in personal loans. Plus, get an additional interest rate discount at lightstream.com slash wrestle. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash wrestle. Subject to credit approval, rates range from 5.95% APR to 19.99% APR and include a half a percent auto pay discount lowest rate requires excellent credit terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice visit likestreamcom slash wrestle for more information. So let's talk about it. Um, talk about it. the company here. We're in the world of new generation. Shawn Michaels career had been put in jeopardy, at least in storyline because of that Owen Hart, Enziguri kick on that 95 episode of raw. Of course, Michaels takes the kick, continues to wrestle. And then in storyline, he blacks out. All the officials are scrambling. Vince even leaves commentary to go check on Michaels to help sell the angle. And the weeks after he's doing interviews, talking about not knowing if he could come, he could continue. And then eventually they have a press conference in front of a banner of the old rumble logo. And Sean announces he's going to disappoint a lot of people. He's returning to action at the 96 Royal Rumble. He's the favorite coming in here. When was the decision made? Hey, we're going with Sean. That's what it's going to look like.
1: once Sean got cleared and, and there were, I think initially, uh, everybody, uh, at the time it was what's, you know, what Sean's physical condition and, and how's he doing and Sean cleared everything with flying colors. So it became, well, hell then let's make a story out of it. Now that we know that everything's good. And you you look at the charisma, you look at the flamboyance of, of Sean, and it was a lot different than Brett.
0: So to sort of backtrack, I think we've talked about this before, it's not too long after WrestleMania eleven, where maybe for months prior, or perhaps even years, anytime you or Pat would try to bring up Sean as a babyface, Vince would shut it down then not too long after WrestleMania 11, he flips out that Sean's a baby face. Why has no one mentioned this? Right?
1: Yeah. It took him less than 24 hours to realize that.
0: So really the motion or the wheels were put in motion after WrestleMania 11 for Sean to perhaps be the top guy at 12. As we come in here, we've got another guy who might be a contender for the Royal Rumble win. It's big daddy. Cool. Just two shows ago. We saw his year long run and to the hands of Brent Hart. Since then, diesel had started showing a little more attitude, I guess, turning into a bit of a tweener and he's only high-fiving fans who are wearing his black style glove. And at tonight's event, I think might be one of the first times we see a middle finger on WWE programming. You're adding a lot of
1: intentionally anyway.
0: Yeah. You're adding a lot of attitude to diesel here. What can you tell us about this transition point from he dropped the belt. Now he's here at the rumble and he's a different dude.
1: I think a lot of it was trying to get to the point of being more real and having a little bit more of an edge, getting Kevin Nash out of, um, getting a little more Kevin Nash attitude out of diesel. So it was, Vince was like, why don't you just turn around and fucking flip into the finger. So it, obviously a lot of people are looking at, that questioning it, uh, based on just our history and trying not to go that far, but there was really no written rule and or unwritten rule that we couldn't do that and thought, what the hell man, let's, let's get a little edgy and
0: be a little different. So let's talk about diesel for a moment here at this point. Did you know he was leaving or did you still think he was sticking around here in January, 96? Hmm.
1: I had a pretty good idea that he was leaving, but I don't think that Vince wanted to believe that yet
0: because diesel was still saying I'm staying. Right? Yes. But you did know that Razor was leaving or at least talking to WCW, right? Correct. Yes. So you're, you're trying two interesting things. I mean, Sean and Diesel have been attached at the hip for a long time, and they may have ended the prior year's WrestleMania. But at the time of that show, Diesel is your white meat babyface. Now we're giving him more of an edge. He's flipping people off, he's sort of marching to the beat of his own drummer. He's a badass. But Shawn Michaels, who had been this cocky, arrogant heel, now we're trying to make him a sympathetic figure. That's sort of babyface 101, right?
1: Well, I think that Shawn Michaels, the way that he worked throughout his career was always more of an underdog working from underneath babyface that was easy you know, to get that sympathy on Shawn. So that wasn't really a departure for Shawn. It was more going back to... I think what the majority of the audience could relate to and, and liked about Sean was that fighting from underneath spirit.
0: Something else I want to talk about that happens on this show, the rumble show. We get the debut of the Headhunters tag team. They come in as the squat team. They come in and basically get their asses kicked by Vader and Yokozuna and they're eliminated, but they appear again, the next night on raw, but man, they are not long for this world. What can you tell us about the squat team?
1: God damn. Those are two Dominican guys, right? They look like little baby Abdullah's. Yes. Um Well, if you were ever to meet these two guys, two of the fucking nicest guys you'd ever want to meet in your whole life. Um they'd give you the shirt off their back. They would do anything for you. And super, super duper fucking great guys. They they were from the Dominican. They had worked Puerto Rico for uh, Victor Quinones. I believe they worked for Carlos as well there. Um, Victor used to use them in FMW and get them booked in Mexico. That's where I got to hang around them a lot was in, in Mexico and, and Japan a little bit. Um, but just – they were perfect for the business, but on the nice guy scale, they were—you know—they were way to the right. They were just fucking great guys. So they were the kind of guys that you wanted to give a break to, and you really wanted to help because they wanted it so bad, and they really loved the business. And there were places, for example, like Puerto Rico, where it was a more of a blood and guts territory. Um, they didn't have to do a whole lot. And they could take some big bumps and things like that. And uh, so we wanted to bring them in because they had a unique look. They're what? twins.
0: When you, and- s- when you say you wanted to bring them in, i don't mean to cut you off as just a one-off for the rumble. Was that Victor pushing for it? You looking for new attractions or were you actively thinking, man, I like these headhunter dudes.
1: All the above. Okay. And it, it became, it became, well, let's bring them in for the Royal rumble. If there's something there, then we could keep them. We could do something else with them. And then, uh, they're here. If they get over, we can use them. Uh, and really wanted to do something with them because I thought that they were two guys that had really paid their dues and felt like they had been everywhere else, but here, um, but quickly realized that the formula For their work and what got them over wasn't working, and it was it was more blood and guts, and it was kind of like Abby. I don't Abby. I don't think ever would have gotten over in the WWE. Abdullah the Butcher.
0: You figured that out in the twenty four seconds they were in the match?
1: Pretty quick, yeah.
0: I mean, one of the guys is in here twenty four seconds, the other seventy one. So it's hard for me to like really. Well,
1: when you combine seventy one and forty one, goddamn, it's more than two minutes. (laughs) <laughs> all right, Conrad, you, you sit there and laugh. All right. You can tell a lot by the way a guy walks in the ring. I'm not arguing that. And, and unfortunately, yeah, they they were in there pretty quick, but I think that what more solidified it a little more was, you know, their next night, I think they tripped on the way to the ring and fell yeah. down. And, and it just wasn't a, wasn't was a good look. And wasn't, you only have one opportunity to make a first and second impression. Um, but yeah, it's just their first and second impression was not good on the national stage.
0: Uh, it's written in the observer Vader's deal to work. The Stockton tapings was put together at the last minute. Originally he was coming in just for the rumble at the Stockton tapings, which we'll talk about after the rumble. That's when Vader has his big angle with gorilla monsoon. Do you remember that being put together at the last minute? I know we've talked about Vader before long-term, but it's worth touching on again here.
1: Yeah, I, I believe, well, to, to get him in to the Rumble and finally get the damn deal done, to get him so that we could do something to go to WrestleMania 12. And the idea was to do the big angle with Monsoon, which Monsoon had never been touched, really, since Gino had made the crossover into commentary and then the president role. So it was... It was, we, we had come to terms basically with Leon and I think he and his agent kept dragging their feet, dragging their feet until it finally got
0: done. Chat me up about Vader on boy meets world that airs on January 19th. Uh, he's in the Vader character. Totally. He's the father of a middle school kid who I guess is a bully uh, named Frankie, the enforcer, and you guys would expand on that boy meets world relationship. Once Vader was with you guys, right?
1: My good friend Mark Blutman was creator of uh, Boy Meets World. And Mark is a huge listener of this show as well from day one that, like wrestling, incorporated the Vader character into the show as the father of the, the one kid on there. Um, and Vader's appearances on there, he, he did a few, uh, not nearly as good as uh, the Boy Meets World uh 400 pound men and 16 candles that also starred um, one of the most charismatic oh, uh, of all time from WWE Brother Love who was play by play guy and ring announcer and pretty much stole the show.
0: <sighs> let's get to the Rumble itself. Uh, this show gets 41.4 percent thumbs up.
1: I didn't have time then to do the, you know the Hollywood career and the other thing so I, I had to make a choice. They wanted me bad.
0: 41% thumbs <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: it was gonna be it was gonna be a fat guy joins the world I don't know the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that guy in a white suit red shirt joins the fucking world he loves everybody hey there's a goddamn ritual fucking gimmick I'm just telling you I didn't have time it was a big whole, a big whole thing a lot of people don't talk about it because it was big it was gonna be real big Conrad I'm telling you chat me up about this if you would have fucking goddamn ever seen that, you wouldn't gone back. all I'm saying. All right. This is the first time I'm ever letting it be known that there was this huge Hollywood. By God, they were knocking on my door. Um, just whenever I'd order one, but um just saying that, uh, yeah, big, pl- huge plans. Goddamn screenplays and fucking scripts and scrizips and everything. Just like all kinds of scripts were coming my way. Just saying that that's the thing. You know, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? See, that's kind of, That's why you listen to this fucking show. Because you hear shit that you never heard before. There. Okay. Okay, none of that really happened, but could have. The show. Gets I got. I got residuals. This is a true story. This is fucking. I got residuals from fucking Disney for a fucking Disney. Uh, I got residuals from Disney for good lord, maybe ten years. And at the end, you know, like when you do shit like that, the you know, the first the first couple are decent, but then they get down to like fourteen cents. Yeah, and then seven cents. And then to, and that two-cent one goes on forever, and it costs more money to, to send that two-cent check. The, and that two-cent check, by the way, will fuck your taxes up.
0: You've had that happen?
1: I sure as hell did. I had to, I had to get a hold of someone at Disney to beg them, please, is, what do we have to do? I need to sign off my my rights to the residuals going forward. Please take me off of the list of getting these two-cent checks because it goes into the IRS, and Disney's a huge company. But you're talking about for a year, like, I mean, nine cents for a year, and they sent me a 1099. And that just fucking throws everything out of whack. Nine cents. I know it sounds crazy. It's like you, why are you even reporting nine cents? Because they sent me a fucking ten ninety nine. I kept, I kept waiting. Cause I knew the screw zips were coming in and that, you know, there would be a lot more than that. And it would get sometimes maybe get back up to that 16 42 cent area. I could live with that.
0: Is that your uh, low key Michael Hayes impression? What's that? You're talking about, I had to make a choice. You know, I don't talk about this very often. No. Hey, real quick. I want to remind you that this episode is sponsored by blue chew guys. Remember the days when you were always ready to go. Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up blue That's blue. Like the color blue and man, are they going to help you start the new year with a bang? Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as both Viagra and Cialis. You can take these dudes anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises, if you're picking up what I'm putting down. If you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. They're made in the USA. And since blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. No awkwardness. You don't have to leave the house right now. We've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment for free. When you use our special promo code wrestle, just pay $5 shipping again. That's B L U E C H E W.com. And the promo code is wrestle to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you make this podcast possible. So, the Royal Rumble, uh, according to the readers of the Wrestling Observer, 41.4% thumbs up, 41% thumbs down, 17.7% thumbs in the middle. What, what say you, Bruce? I'm going thumbs in the middle on this one.
1: I'm going thumbs in the middle too.
0: The best match poll is super close it's Goldust and Razor Ramon, followed by Ro- the Royal Rumble match, and then Bret Hart and Undertaker. Lots of good matches on this one, Bruce.
1: I thought so. I, you know, again, I, I thought that, uh, everything on there was pretty decent.
0: Let's talk about, uh, the undercard here. There is a pre-show match where the winner gets to come in at the uh, number 30 spot and the loser has to be the first one in. So who do you think's in the match? How about Duke, the dumpster draw Drose, and, say and Hunter Hurst Helmsley. That's right. The garbage man is working with Triple H and the Garbage Man wins. So he's coming in at number thirty. Hunter's coming in at number one. It's a DQ finish. Go six minutes and twenty-five seconds. Uh there's a ref pump. Helmsley's going to use the Nux. Gorilla Monsoon's going to come in, reverse the decision. Half a star. Of course, we know, even though this if seems taking like, place
1: in the Tokyo Dome would have been nine.
0: Come on, man. What I thought
1: that's where you were going. I was trying to finish your thought. Cause see, like you and me were connected here to Lepa Lep
0: and the method mentally, we used to be these days. I, I don't, I don't hurt when you hurt. You have to call and tell me about it. It's fucked up. So here's the thing. Normally you would think, well, Duke beating Hunter. Uh, what's up with that? But this means Hunter gets to come on at number one. He puts on the longest performance of the night in the rumble. Uh, of course, Duke's only in there for a few minutes worth. I guess, you know, in kayfabe land coming in at number 30 is the most valuable spot, but in reality, staying in there and proving that you're one of the iron Men, that's probably where you want to be. If you're trying to become a breakout star, right?
1: Well, that depends on if you can last that damn long. Sure. It's a long time to be in there. So yeah, it's, it's you, you make it, you make, you make it whatever you can make out of it.
0: So. Yeah, the idea being, I think everybody knows by now, King of the ring. 96 was supposed to be Hunter. So if he would have had a hell of a performance here in January, maybe that makes sense that by June, okay, let's keep that progression going. Uh, let's also talk about the first match here on the card. The rivalry for this one actually began at the last in your house show there. We saw Ahmed Johnson make short work of your boy, the nature boy, buddy Landale. But then he's attacked by Jerry Lawler and a returning Jeff Jarrett. Jarrett hits Ahmed literally in the face with a chair, which looked brutal. And now we've got a match. It's Ahmed Johnson and Jeff Jarrett. They're going to go six minutes and 40 seconds. Ahmed gets the win by DQ Meltzer would say Johnson is really green. And the transitions from spot to spot were weak. I had the pleasure of watching wrestling once with Sean Waltman. And he was explaining to me that what made a great wrestler wasn't necessarily doing the moves. It's all the stuff in between the moves, right? Bruce.
1: It Yeah, it really depends on, but you have to, you know, Pat Patterson, everybody talks about Pat Patterson being this great mind for the business, coming up with terrific finishes. What made Pat Patterson so great to me is Pat didn't just think about the finish. Pat would lay out a finish and lay everything out for you, and then he would ask you the very, what some people would consider a simple question. But one of the most difficult questions in reality is, what are you going to do to get there? What do you do before you go into the finish? Which a lot of times, guys, well, you know, we'll we'll get there. But getting into it is as important as it. You have a beginning, you have a middle, and an end. And a lot of guys disregard the middle. A lot of guys disregard the start of a match and only think, you know, here we go. We've got the finish. Um, That was was beautiful in in being able to help guys – do that transition from the body of the match, how you go now, what's that transition into the finish and make it all make sense. So that's what made a beautiful worker to me.
0: Let's talk about, uh, the match itself here with Ahmed. Um, do we have to? Yeah. Listen, it's not bad. Come on now. Um, I mean, I think the match is kind of okay because you get to see some interesting stuff. Ahmed jumps over the top rope, crashes into the guardrail. He does a full somersault splash off the top rope and misses. Eventually, the finish comes when Jarrett comes in with a guitar and comes off the top rope and smashes it over Ahmed's head. Of course, that's the DQ, but the guitar shot sounds great, and Ahmed just kneels over from the shot, which is pretty impressive. I mean, they're just trying to put over how dominant he is, Uh, but Meltzer would say, Jarrett tried to carry it, but it's hard when nobody buys Johnson being in trouble because he's so physically impressive and he doesn't know how to sell to overcome his impressive size, but you really did sort of get Ahmed Johnson over here as a monster. So I think I say mission accomplished. What'd you think?
1: Well, I, I didn't think it was great. I just thought that it was okay in that it's so hard in, in any time that you only have one guy in the ring, that's really working to make a match. And it becomes obvious that Jeff was trying so hard to get this guy over. And then it just, it, it was what it was. And, and that's true. It, Ahmed was so impressive. It was difficult for anyone to ever feel sorry for him in any way. So it made it more difficult to, to get heat on the guy and Jeff's working all around him, trying everything that he can, but you can only do so much. And uh, I think that in, all, in a lot of ways, I mean, made it made it very difficult. You know, Tony Atlas was a big guy and Tony could make you feel and, and, and could sell in a way that was believable that the audience wanted to help Tony, man. They, they wanted to be there for, for Tony and Ahmed. It was almost like, ah, oh, he's got it. If he doesn't, well, he should look at this son of a bitch. He doesn't sell anything else. So, that, and again, I'm being really, really critical of it. I, I just, um, I thought it was one guy in the ring working his ass off and the other guy just doing a bunch of shit to let everybody know that he was Superman.
0: Well, it just feels like that's the way it was supposed to happen. I mean, I guess if these guys just called it in the ring and did their own thing, maybe that's different, but I just assumed that somebody said, okay, here's what we're doing. Ahmed Johnson's a pretty polarizing figure recently. Uh, J R revealed that nobody in the locker room liked working with Ahmed. He didn't exactly have the respect of his peers. Would you agree with that?
1: I would agree that. Yeah. Yeah. Not I don't know about respect, but they didn't like working with him Yeah, because he he was stiff. And I think that Ahmed also had a bit of an attitude and a feeling that he was already over and should have been the top guy without ever having come in and done the work and gotten to the point where the audience got him over and the audience wanted him to be the top guy. So while we wanted him to be a top guy, And we wanted him shit quite possibly. If if he could get there, be the top guy. I don't know that he ever reached it, but in Ahmed's mind, he was already there.
0: what do you think of the, the dive over the top rope? He crashes and burns. It's pretty scary looking. It's a lot like the undertaker at WrestleMania when he went over the top rope and we just went straight down. Um, this shows me that Ahmed is not just reckless with everybody else. He just doesn't know yet what he can or can't do. It's like, uh. What's that, what's that saying in the group chat? He doesn't know how strong he is,
1: right? Not a clue. Yeah. Um, and you know, we, we just call that cock strong. Yeah. Cause he just was so fucking strong that he would catapult himself. And it look, Ahmed didn't discriminate. He would hurt himself as much (laughs) as he would hurt other people.
0: Let's talk about that for a minute. I know, or I shouldn't say, I know. I think I've heard that Bill Watts was really high on him. Was Vince as high on Ahmed that he think he had as much of an upside, or maybe not so much?
1: I, you know, look, we we were all high on Ahmed. We we all thought that there was a lot of potential there, and that we could get there with Ahmed. But you needed the you needed the commitment from Ahmed to do whatever it took to, to get to that place. And I don't know that we were really seeing that commitment from Ahmed. Um, look, we all wanted him to make it good Lord, man. He he had charisma and a look that doesn't grow on trees, but there, there was an unspoken animal charisma about Ahmed Johnson that you looked at him and brother, you believed. Yeah and that was something you can't teach.
0: Next up, we get the thriving tag team division of the World Wrestling Federation along with Sunny. She's managing her new tag team, the Body Donnas. Previously, it had just been Sunny and Skip, but now he's got a tag team partner named Zip. So it's Skip and Zip. Uh, but following Skip's losing program with Barry Horowitz, it's pretty much impossible for him to be programmed in singles and taken seriously, right?
1: Well, he needed a great tag team partner.
0: Yes, he did. He got one. We know who that is. Dr. Tom Pritchard, or as you call him, Dr. John Richards, uh, yes. smoking guns here are going to be able to retain the tag team titles. They beat the body Donna's, uh, great little subplot storyline here. I guess the idea is Sonny's trying to use her wares to distract and, and lure, uh, Kip Sop onto the dark side, uh, the, the famous Billy gun. Meltzer would say everyone worked hard, but the match didn't come together since it was similar to a lucha match with lots of choreographed spots. It was the quality of a first or second match with young but hardworking guys who gave you a few great high spots, but overall, the match is just okay. After the Body Donnas gave a double slingshot to Billy in the ring, they tried the same with Bart, who reversed it, and they were both slingshotted to the floor. They try some more kind of big spots here, but there's one moment in here that felt a little Attitude Era ish. Sonny's wearing a short skirt. The camera's practically right up her butt. She takes a big bump off the apron and it feels like we're getting delayed shots of her. Sunny is going to be in this calendar year, the most downloaded person on AOL, uh, which is, you know, obviously the infancy of the internet, but still quite the honor. You guys knew you had something special in sunny, just based on the way you would open the show way she was selling merch and she could actually do her job around the ring. Right.
1: Well, going back to, you know, that that charisma and that unspoken, whatever it is, Sonny had it. And Sonny was charismatic and was able to turn that charisma into people really wanting to see her. And it was during the time of the Internet where you could pretty much pull up and see anything that you wanted to see um, by just going to your computer screen in the privacy of your own home. Um, Sonny was a beautiful young woman that was downloaded more time. I think Cindy yeah was the, the only other one that even came close to Sonny during that year, but Sonny was number one on AOL. And it was holy shit, man. Um she was everywhere. So yes, we, we had a uh, had a beautiful young woman that people really enjoyed, whether you liked her or hated her. They
0: want to look at her. Let's, uh, let's talk about the finish. Billy uses a leg drop off the top on zip, but Sonny is distracting the ref. So no fall is counted. Eventually both body Donna's go for the double suplex on Bart, but as he's in the air, Billy tackles them both and Bart falls on zip for the pin two stars. Uh, so there you go. The smoking guns win. Uh, what did you think of this one? Watching it back.
1: I thought it was fun, you know, (laughs) again, speaking of someone that doesn't know their own strength, uh, Billy Gunn, holy shit, he's another one that that is deceptively very, very strong, and I don't think that Billy uh, had any clue just how strong he was and how hard that he was throwing people across the ring and throwing them damn punches sometimes. But I thought, to me, I thought that the, the match was damn good and, and an awful lot of fun. And at this point in time in the guns career, I thought it was one of the best matches that they had the opportunity to have.
0: If you're a business owner, you don't need to tell us that running a business is tough, but you might be making it harder on yourself than it's really necessary. Don't let QuickBooks and spreadsheets slow you down anymore. It's time to upgrade to Suite. Stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it. Ditch those spreadsheets and all the old software that you've now outgrown. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need all in one place instantaneously. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in revenue, save both time and money with NetSuite. Join more than 24,000 other companies using NetSuite right now. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com slash wrestle. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com forward slash wrestle. That's netsuite.com forward slash wrestle let's uh let's talk about dr tom for a minute here it's in the newsletter that the company had to change his body donna name because of a copyright issue originally he was going to be flip but it's changed to zip because apparently there was a skip and flip from some '60s singing duo do you remember that no okay you gotta get i I
1: remember i remember talking about uh skip and flip and we talked about flip Wilson. Um, you remember flip Wilson? Yeah, of course. Geraldine. Yeah, that was great. Um, but you know, we ended up on zip. I don't recall that now.
0: Well, up next it's the return of Dustin Runnels to the Royal rumble. The last time we saw him was five years prior last week's episode, the 1991 Royal rumble. There, he was teaming with his dad, dusty Rhodes as Dustin Rhodes. tonight. He's back, but not as Dustin Rhodes as gold dust. It's been an interesting debut for gold too. He began this program with razor in the last in your house event, sending him a love letter that got razor super angry. And the announcers tried to get going to say you got him super aroused. I was anyway. well, I wasn't there. You were, do you want to explain? No, I thought, I just thought that,
1: see, that was another one where I was trying to read your mind and go ahead. Okay. I should just stop reading.
0: The announcers try to get razor to read the letter on raw, but he doesn't want to do it. And they toy around with the idea of going further and further into the weeds of this gay aspect of the character. Uh, But I guess the company seems to back off it significantly here because we get the addition of a female valet. Now we had also seen where he had drawn razor in a heart on his chest. Uh, so he unzipped his suit, reveals a heart drawn on his chest, and the word "razor" inside the heart. But you back off it a little bit because we have a very nicely dressed woman smoking a cigar and using a director's chair. I like the presentation when we add Marlena here. What was the thinking in adding her at this point?
1: Well, again, Goldust was not gay nor presented as gay. He was androgynous. Um. Pretty simple shit, and he would use sexuality uh, to either fuck with people's minds or or what have you, make you think one thing while he was really thinking something else. The combination of Goldust with Marlena was, first of all, they were married, so they already had chemistry, and it was a it was a nice dichotomy. It, it, it was it was just complete opposites when you look at it. Uh, Opposite, but yet the fucking same. She's all dressed in gold and beautiful golden tan, smoking a cigar, and uh, here's this guy dressed from head to toe in gold, and it was all about gold dust, and um, Marlena Dietrich was, you know, this great Hollywood legend that uh, liked the name, and hence Marlena was born.
0: Let's talk a little bit about, uh, the match itself. This is a different era, but boy, when you listen to this back on the network, you can hear it and fans are chanting some pretty ugly things at gold dust in hindsight. Do you wish you had some of this gold stuff to, to take back and maybe that wouldn't have happened or was the juice worth the squeeze because you told such a great story and he was an interesting character.
1: Well, I think that Goldust was an interesting character, and I think that sometimes that the audience is, is going to do what the audience is going to do. That's
0: fair. Um, what's that? I said that's fair.
1: Yeah, and so you, you look at it and, and you weigh that. The story was solid, and the story was something that was very provocative for the time, and the audience went one way with it, and you could try and pull them back a little bit, but it wasn't you know you didn't you didn't go down what i think a lot of people you know thought we were going we we wanted to be provocative and and have people wondering what the hell have they got up their sleeves what what the hell are they doing now
0: let's also talk about the fact that on commentary here Vince McMahon starts to tone it down a little bit according to the observer quote McMahon totally toned down the gay inferences on the commentary but perfect more than made up for it. Although it appeared McMahon wasn't happy that he did, uh, fast forward a bit at this point in the match, Marlena faked that she twisted her ankle, distracting the ref, allowing the one, two, three kid to come out and use a spin kick off the top rope on Ramon and Goldust got the pin two and three quarter stars. There's been a lot written and discussed about razor being unhappy with this. Meltzer would even say. Razor Ramon is complaining long and loud about his program with Goldust. The baby faces in the clique hate the gimmick, and unfortunately have taken it out on Dustin Rhodes, the person, rather than accepting him as someone saddled with a bad gimmick, who's just trying to do his job. Granted, the angle is really lame. Ramon is trying to get the program switched to working with Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Um, do you remember Razor trying to get it switched to Hunter Hearst Helmsley? We'll work backwards.
1: I know Razor hated it. Razor definitely didn't, didn't want to do it. But let, let's unpack some of the things that that uh, the, the expert that uh, every booker in the world takes advice from, Dave Meltzer, because he's the only guy that has, has a proven track record of actually drawing money and running a promo. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, anyway, um, Dustin Rhodes saddled with a bad gimmick. Boy, that really, you know, Dustin Rhodes was coming off such of a hot run as Dustin Rhodes and and was saddled with a horrible gimmick that spanned, what, 20 years or more? And um, actually gave him a hell of a run and, and a, and a hell of a gimmick, I, I would argue. Um, but this coming from the, the, the expert in the business, because he's booked and drawn so much money in, in his, in his lifetime, um, speaking to what bad and good gimmicks are.
0: Uh, are you done? Yeah. So if razor didn't want to work with gold dust is having one, two, three kid come in. And, and do the fuck finish like this. Is that a compromise that way you still uh, get gold dust I, over, but razor doesn't technically have to put him over. He's putting over Waltman.
1: No, I think, and here's the the crazy thing about it. And again, the way that I remember it, razor didn't want to work with the character gold dust. He didn't like the, it, and I don't remember them. I think it was hard on Dustin just in general, because I think Dustin took it personally I don't believe that that Razor ever, you know, got to the point. Fuck! I don't want to work with Dustin Rhodes. I, I don't think that was ever it. It was that Razor didn't want to work with the Gold Dust character. Plus, Razor knew he was leaving. When Razor got in the ring and worked with Gold Dust, I thought they had great fucking matches, and they were able to deliver every time that you put him in the uh, in that role to deliver. Let's It was two professionals that were able to go out there and make music. One of them, uh, reluctantly wanting to do it. But when it was time to go do his job, he did.
0: I just think it's interesting because sometimes we poke holes in all the click stuff and we say, oh, that's just the internet or, oh, that's just disgruntled guys and shoot interviews. But we've got one guy going to win the rumble. Another guy's going to. Start to tween a little bit. He's with the undertaker going to flip off the middle finger. We got another guy coming in at number one, going to put on quite a show. We got another guy who's going to lose to Goldust, but he doesn't really want to. So he has his other buddy. Also another member of the click come in and calls the DQ. And he's really trying to get that switched. I don't want to work with this guy. Let me work with the guy coming in at number one. The click is a thing here, whether we want to say they're not well, powerful. The click or, is a thing. But, yes. but
1: again, it, it, you're taking coincidence. You're taking, again, you're, you're talking about four of the t- most talented and top guys that were in the company at the time. So not to utilize them in that. So it, it, it's basically, um, okay, well, these guys are all friends and, and uh, they're top guys, let's don't use them. Because they're friends outside of it and, and they're, they're cliquish outside of it. That's not good business.
0: Let's, uh, let's, let's pivot a little bit. How much do you think, was it all money? Is, is that the primary motivation that makes Scott Hall want to go work for WCW or does this gold dust angle help contribute a little bit with his unhappiness? Do you think?
1: I think Scott Hall's unhappiness was as basic as, uh, the, the money and the schedule.
0: Another thing in the Observer I wanted to bring up: quote, despite the similarities of it with other SMW segments, the Goldust Razor Brawl was choreographed by Bruce Pritchard and not Jim Cornette. What can you tell us about that?
1: The the brawl that we did in uh, Bangor, Maine, to get to this,
0: I believe, like it would have been backstage, and there was a uh, yeah. My Kyoto broke them apart and they threw them into a guardrail. that whole deal. Yeah. That was you. That was me. Yeah. I guess my question is, I just, I don't know. I I just never imagined that you were the guy. I thought you were doing vignettes and obviously you're writing storylines and all that. I didn't imagine that you're actually setting up the scenes like that. I just assumed that would have been a quote unquote agent, but that wasn't the case here.
1: Well, I mean, I've done pretty much everything and
0: I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying you're not qualified to do it. I'm just saying in my head, you would have handed somebody the idea and said, okay, guys, here's what we're going to do. And y'all, y'all work with Michael and figure it out. Or y'all work with whoever the other agents were strong, but whatever the fuck, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I, but I did both. I mean, I'd, I'd work with other agents, I'd set stuff up, whatever it took. So uh, this happened to be one that uh, we were we were there and there were very few of us and and knocked it out. So it was it was a TV deal and it was something that I was specifically wanted in a certain way. So rather, you know, a lot of times it's you'll have you'll have someone there that's to set up the match or set up the angle, but usually uh, one of us would be there that that's walking through it and letting everybody know, you know, here's what we're going to do. And maybe the agent or whatever will help, help you get there in a more logical way or something like that. But this was more a case of, <laughs> I was the one there to shoot it. So here guys, this is what we're going to do.
0: Let's, uh, let's keep rolling here. Let's talk about the rumble match itself. We're not closing the show with the Rumble. We're closing with the Championship. Man, there's uh, a lot of interesting stuff happening in this Rumble, and I got to tell you, I didn't remember half of the participants that were sort of surprises ever even being in a Rumble until I watched it back. But we got Hunter Hearst Helmsley coming in number one. Henry O. Godwin comes in number two. Backlund three. Um, Jerry Lawler comes in number four. Lawler stays a long time too, 36 minutes and two seconds. It feels like a lot of times Lawler's in ring stuff was almost dismissed. Once his feud with, with Brett was over, at least in my opinion. Um, but he's here for over half an hour. Were you guys thinking about maybe doing something different or was just, just, you know, it is what it is. We know he can do it. So go have fun.
1: Well, he wasn't in it the whole time either. And he was able to hide under the ring and it was a good story that the king was trying to outsmart people and, you know, get in and out and be seen. And I I just thought it was a good story for Jerry. And it was a a little bit of a let up in the rumble itself.
0: It's great. let up, But I guess normally when you see somebody do that, like, and again, I know we don't talk about current stuff, but we just saw Randy Orton do something like that in the more recent rumble, but they usually mean that usually means, Hey, they're going to do something moving up the card and it feels like he's mostly going to be an announcer after this, but it is really well done.
1: And Jerry Lawler.
0: Yeah. Okay. There you go. I mean, one of the all-time greats on a lot of people's Mount Rushmore next up, Bob Holly, he gets in there for 39 minutes and 35 seconds. Uh, King Mabel is out next then Jake Roberts. And then check this one out, Dory funk jr. He's in there 10 minutes and 53 seconds. You've often talked about him as being one of your all-time favorites. Is Dory being in this rumble a Bruce call?
1: I, well, I think I did make the call as a matter of fact to Dory. And it was during a time that we would often reach out to some old timers and guys who had never, uh, competed junior, of course, had competed previously as hoss funk in the WWF at the time, um, But junior was someone that why not? He was out there with a little bit of nostalgia and I got to see my hero in the Royal rumble.
0: That's pretty cool. Let's, uh, let's talk about the next, uh, uh, person in the ring here. It's Yoko Zuna and he's going to go 19 minutes and 14 seconds. Then the one, two, three kid comes out and then we get a Japanese competitor and boy, I'm going to butcher his name. Omori. Uh well, how does this come to be? I I don't remember us ever even having a conversation about him being in the rumble here.
1: Yeah, I don't think anybody else has ever had a conversation about him being in the rumble either. I think this was this was one of those, you know, JJ JJ Dillon during a time that we were uh I don't know that we had gotten to the point of Tenru's company yet, but JJ, you know, often working with Sato and trying to work with different Promotions. Uh, folks.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and or, you, for all I know, shit, it, it also could have been Dory Jr. saying, hey, we got this, got this guy from all Japan. But um, it was, yeah, nobody else really remembers. I sure as hell didn't. I was like, what the fuck?
0: He's only in there for two minutes and 48 seconds. Hunter and Jake eliminate him. He had zero eliminations. Oh, I guess we should mention Dory funk jr. Also had zero eliminations, but he's in there nearly 11 minutes, 10 minutes and 53 seconds. Uh, after him, it's Savio Vega and then Vader. Vader has four eliminations in just 11 minutes, but then three in a row that are kind of interesting. Doug Gilbert is zero, uh, you know, eliminations. He's in there just under three minutes. But you talk about a Memphis staple, Doug Gilbert. How in the world does he get the nod?
1: Well, you know, Doug, um, uh, Doug and I were friends, uh, Doug had you know, the brother of Eddie Gilbert, Doug was a good Lord, obviously much younger at the time. And I had, uh, worked with Doug while I was at the global wrestling federation when Eddie was booking there. So it was, hey, man, uh, we were often looking for different names and people, the independent scene, it was a little bit different then. It was promotions in the South, and Doug was working in Tennessee at the time. Um, people would go, what the fuck, uh, Doug Gilbert. And I didn't think that Doug would embarrass himself or me or anybody else and thought it was, why not?
0: Is this before or after he went? Way off script on Memphis TV. This has to be before. Oh, right? this
1: was way before. Yes,
0: man, that was something else. Um, Okay, so let's keep it going here. Talk about who's next because we've already touched on them a little bit, but I do think it's worth mentioning again. We get Headhunter number one and Headhunter number two. <laughs> I guess we're calling them Squatter one and Squat Squat Teamer two. Squat Team. What did you call them, Bruce? I call them damn
1: headhunters.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think everybody does, uh, by the way, as we mentioned, they're not in there very long, One seventy-one seconds. Uh, once 24 seconds, then, Owen combine Hart, Combined. That's like seven minutes fucking minutes, man. Yeah. Owen Hart's Probably in there next get
1: into the seconds. That is. Cause that's in the fucking three digits.
0: Oh, of course. Okay. Uh, Owen Hart goes 20 minutes, 43 seconds. And then Shawn Michaels, he's ultimately going to win as we know. He's in there twenty six minutes total. He has eight eliminations, which is the most of anyone. Although Hunter is actually the Iron Man, and he lasts longer than anyone. Uh, Akushi is next. Uh, he's only in there for one fifty three, and then <laughs> Tatanka, boy, Tatanka, Tatanka. He, he wrestles his last match for the company on TV, March nineteenth, nineteen ninety six. You want to tell us about, uh, Tatanka?
1: I love Tatanka. I thought it was, uh, just, I, I thought he had a hell of a, hell of a little run there. And, uh,
0: no, no, no. You've teased the story a few times where there was this big discussion about bringing Tatanka back. That was years later. Oh God. And you're damn, like, oh, no. it's a whole story. So not today.
1: Oh God damn. Yeah. No, that, that, no, okay. probably not. I don't know if I could ever tell that story, but that was. Uh,
0: What's just yeah. telling when you get fired I, again? No,
1: no, because it would it would be. I think that it's the folks that were represented in that story uh, do not represent the people they were representing, if that makes any sense at all. I understand. And, and the the Native American people that have worked so hard, and you know, when you you look at it, that somebody came over here and basically stole their land and and took it from them uh as JBL said with a you know bag of bag of beads and some pot um it's like come on man uh and it was it was a shame some of the people that we had to that we were that we worked with at the time because that that presented themselves as something that they weren't and uh that's all it just uh I, I have so much respect. Jerry Briscoe's is a native American and it's Gerald is, is so proud. And, and it's one of those that you just, you don't want to touch. And it was like, God damn, man. It was, it was craziness, but not during this time. I love to talk. I love to talk of too.
0: And now you love to talk of then now forever. Actually I did.
1: I saw him recently gave him a big hug. It hadn't changed a bit.
0: As a wrestling fan, there's a good chance you might have seen one of Chris Van Vliet's interviews on YouTube. He's a TV host who's done interviews with pretty much everyone in the business, including me. He also has a podcast, too. It's called Insight with Chris Van Vliet, and he asks great questions and really brings out the best in his guests. This doesn't feel like your typical wrestling interview show. Chris has a really conversational style that makes it feel like two friends just catching up. Some of his guests include The Rock, John Cena, Chris Jericho, Eric Bischoff, Jim Ross, Tony Khan, as well as other actors, musicians, and more. And in every episode, Chris is great at pulling out useful pieces of advice from everyone he talks to that you can apply to your own life. As mentioned, I was recently a guest and I talked about things I'd never discussed in an interview before. The people who influenced me like Brian Tracy, Zig Ziglar, Gary Vee what we look at when we're hiring new employees. I also gave a behind the scenes look at what goes into making all of our shows. I can't recommend Chris as an interviewer enough. I think he's one of the best in the space by far. Uh, And I really enjoy his show. Uh, I saw a great interview. He just did with TJ Wilson the other day. Go out of your way to see it. His podcast is called insight with Chris Van Vliet, and you can listen to it wherever you get your podcast. Again, it's insight with Chris Van Vliet. And for more information, just go to chrisvanvleet.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-V-A-N-V-L-I-E-T.com. Next up, a guy who has changed a little bit, Aldo Montoya, or Aldo Montoya. How about this? He won't be for long. A minute and 52 seconds, zero eliminations. Then Diesel, Big Daddy Cool comes in at number 22, He's in for 1751 with five eliminations comma is in after him. Uh, he's also in for oh, 15, wait a minute, wait a minute! how did
1: you know that, uh, it was big daddy. Cool time to come out diesel because
0: <laughs> <laughs> tell me about big horn, <laughs> right? I love you for that. Uh,
1: it was tell... an opportunity. It was there. I've been trying to figure out a way without doing it, hitting the button, fucking that up again, you
0: know, me and technology. Tell me about, uh, comma. He, he leaves after this match. Um, I, I've always thought this is sort of an interesting story. He's taken off television in the fall of 95 and after an appearance here at the 96 rumble, he's gone. And shortly after leaving, according to the rumor and innuendo, he had a verbal contract or he verbally agreed to join WCW as the enforcer for the NWO but then never hears from him again and then sees, wait a minute, Virgil's there. Uh, and it's not too terribly long. And he's back with you guys in 1997. I think the original plan was for him to be Papa Shango, but then they decide we're going to have him join the nation of domination, but this is it for him. And, And in this era, he's working the Supreme fighting machine. Look, and this is also a time when ultimate fighting and MMA and no holds barred, is like a buzzword chat me up about what happened with him and and why he was gone after the company or from the company after the show,
1: the gimmick uh, comma, the Supreme fighting machine. It just didn't, it just didn't work. Um, I don't know if people didn't believe it. It just didn't click. It didn't work. And, um, nobody, nobody bought it. It just wasn't, just wasn't a good gimmick in my opinion for him. And I was prejudiced. I, and here's the funny thing, man. I never, with the exception, very, very little. I didn't get to work with Papa Shango that much. But that Papa Shango run was after I'd left the company. Um, and, but I was always just amazed at the Papa Shango gimmick. And I thought there was so much more to that um, that they could have done with Papa Shango, the gimmick, um, I would have gone a lot further than they went just saying, um, and I just was always intrigued by, by that gimmick.
0: Next up, we've got the ring master. That's right. Stone cold. Steve Austin has his first rumble. Of course, the following year, he's going to set the woods on fire win the damn thing, but this is his first appearance here. He's using the ring master. He's uh, got the blonde hair. He's a ring technician. He's a part of million dollar man, Ted DiBiase stable, and you even hear Vince McMahon call him Steve Austin, known as the Ringmaster. and Meltzer would say it was amazing to see the physical difference in Austin compared with just a few weeks ago in ECW. And I'm sure Dave has some inference there. Maybe I shouldn't say I'm sure it reads like he does, but I think it's understood that a ECW was using tapes and B you're damn right. When you're going to make a big shot on a big pay-per-view for the big company, you're not going out there soft. If you can help it, you're going to do everything you can to dial it in. Right?
1: Well, I thought Steve came in in great shape and, and looked tremendous. I don't know what Dave's referring to, no. maybe in his lifestyle. I don't know.
0: No, he, he he's saying the same thing. You are He's just saying he didn't look that way. Anyway, Barry Horowitz is out next. That's where we are in the WWE here. Barry Horowitz is number twenty four. Barry was fucking over. I'm not arguing that he just beat. Okay. He just beat skip. That's right. Uh, next up is Fatu and then your boy, Isaac Yankum DDS. He's in at number 27. Boy, there's some regrettable shit in here. Uh, next up is Marty Jannetty. He's only here for two minutes and 35 seconds before the bulldog dumps him out. Speaking of the bulldog, he's in next at number 29 and last is Duke, the dumpster Drosay, and, uh, he's in for one minute and 10 seconds. Uh, somebody else I want to mention King Mabel. He's gone until 1998 after this show. Why was it time for Mabel to go learn a new hold after this show?
1: I think it was just time. I think that we had done everything at that point that we could do with Mabel. And in addition to that, you know, some of the injuries that were, you know, caused with Mabel being on the other end that probably hastened that decision a little bit and. Yeah, it was, it was just time more than
0: anything. We haven't talked a lot about the commentary on this show, uh, but the interviewers here are doc Hendricks and Todd Pettengill. The ring announcer of course is Howard Finkel, but on commentary it's Vince McMahon and Mr. Perfect. How'd you think perfect did as a companion for Vince?
1: In the early years, I thought
0: perfect was great on
1: color commentary and when we brought Kurt back, I think that I don't know. I, I just don't think that Kurt was was there uh, as good as he was in the earlier years doing color. Um, I don't know if it was because, well, he'd had another run in the ring, and now he's back. Commentary. There, there were just a lot of factors that were going on, and the Mr. Perfect that had done the commentary originally when he came in the first time. I just thought he was much better at that time.
0: Let's talk a little bit about Steve Austin again, and then we'll get into the finals of the match, but there's rumor in any window out there that Steve Austin was accidentally eliminated. Now I know that sounds crazy, but he's supposedly accidentally eliminated because he slips on the rope and falls out while he's doing a spot wifi too. So he's legitimately out, but he was supposed to be in the final four. Do you believe that to be the truth?
1: That can happen. I, I really don't, I don't remember that, uh, specifically, but I could definitely see it happening. Yes. I, I always liked it when, um, guys would say, well, the fuck did you get a, you know, it wasn't your time to get eliminated. Well, the guy threw me out.
2: Yeah motherfucker
1: (laughs) you know when you're supposed to go out so i i really don't recall on that one i don't remember that
0: well in the in the we know the circumstance that happens in 05 with cena and batista right but in that instance where someone is accidentally eliminated and it was supposed to be part of something that was in the plans would there have been panic backstage Or does someone on a headset just send in word to a referee and an IFB and they communicate it to the boys and call an audible, or is it up to the. We
1: we didn't have IFBs in at that point. It's, it's, uh, figured out.
0: There you go. So here's the finish. Owen Hart, after being eliminated, came back out to attack Shawn Michaels and at 5803 Michaels drop kicks, yank them out at 5811 diesel and Kama throw out Duke. And, um, now we're down to. Diesel, Michaels, comma, and Davy boy. Michaels is going to clothesline Davy boy over the top rope at 5832, followed by diesel throwing out comma at 5845. And then finally, Michaels would super kick diesel over the top in 5849. And after the match, they tease that diesel is going to attack Sean, but instead they do their high five routine. Meltzer gave it two and a half stars. So these guys main evented WrestleMania one's now a good guy. One's about to be a bad guy, certainly showing, showing shades of that. But instead of teasing it, they let the fans know nope, we're still boys. High five. In hindsight, was that the right play or should we have let the tension build, do you think?
1: Oh, we got to the tension. And at that time, when everybody thinks that you're going one way, you go someplace else. Okay. And I thought it was a nice little thing because I thought everybody in the arena. And at home we're thinking, okay, here comes the attack. So at this this point,
0: at this point, you already had, I guess that's where I was going, Royal rumble in your house, WrestleMania. And we know at WrestleMania, Sean's becoming the new champ. So on the next in your house, it's going to be Sean and diesel. You already had that mapped out here at the rumble, right? In our head. Yeah. So it's the click show, as we said. Sean Michaels has the most eliminations. He has eight It's a talent that you have. That's over on the show. The second most eliminations is a diesel. He's got five. The longest time spent in the rumble is Hunter Hearst Helmsley 4804. Uh, the fo- following Sean's victory. This is the, the big thing that people still talk about to this day. He starts stripping to the point where it feels like, uh, we're getting kind of low with them britches. And he looks at Vince and eventually pulls him back up. I mean, he's showing the world his pubes here a little bit. This is a little weird. What was your reaction? Were you, you've shown the world your pubes before. I mean, I think you said Cornette did it a show in Detroit, but I wasn't there. more worn his pubes. (laughs) Chat me up. What are you thinking? I assume you're, you're in gorilla for this show. Probably. Yeah. When you see Sean doing a strip tease and taking it this far. Are you like talking to Vince? Like, what the fuck is he doing?
1: No, I had no, there was never anyone that sat there and go, oh my God, he's going to expose himself. He's going to take it as far as he can go. And then tease it.
0: I guess, I guess my question is if he's going to be your, your top guy in your, in your, your baby face, this just makes guys hate him. Right. I mean, I know the girls love him. I'm not arguing that. But I mean, come on, man. This is how guys hate him, right? You liked him. I uh, know. I wasn't even watching wrestling here. Stupid ass Stan who, who helps us with research. Sometimes he loved him.
1: Well, there you go.
0: Okay. Uh, let's get going <laughs> to our world title <laughs> yeah. match. Uh, undertaker has been named the number one contender at the last months in your house it caused a major backstage stare down between diesel and the undertaker tensions were already high. And then before the match, diesel who's leaving the rumble meets the undertaker in the aisle and diesel shoves Paul bear, which causes the two to square off and officials pull them apart. It pretty much gave away the finish, I guess, but dude, this was awesome. Like, I don't know why we haven't seen more of this, but one guy coming from the back and the other guy, I like that. That's a really cool little subtle thing that makes sense, right?
1: Yeah, it, it, it did. And I thought it was natural and felt good.
0: Let's talk about our main event. Boy, it's going to be a barn burner. I really like this match. I know that Meltzer didn't love it. He didn't really like the finish. He gave it two and three quarter stars, but I don't think undertaker and Brett ever had a bad match. Uh, Brett was just phenomenal here. They got 28 31 undertaker gets the win by DQ undertakers dominating early. Uh, but Brett's pulling out all the stops. Eventually, of course, there is going to be some interference and whatnot. Um, I should mention too bear is holding up the new urn supposedly for melting down commas chains, which is a little fun. And to my surprise, undertaker even gets a few booze, which I was kind of shocked at. Um, Meltzer would say at some point, the match started to drag a little bit. And eventually, as you know, diesel's going to come out, grab the ref. It looks like it's over. By the way, the undertaker makes a comeback, hits the tombstone pile driver. The ref's about to count three Diesel grabs the ref, throws him out of the ring. The ref calls for a DQ and Meltzer would say the match was dull in spots, but had excellent psychology and built into a good match. But the horrible finish just killed it. I kind of like the idea of them building towards diesel undertaker, but I understand as a purist, you know, oh man, I paid $30. I want to finish, but it kept me. The match was good enough. I forgave it. What say you? I I
1: love the whole thing, the whole story, because you started off with the little Undertaker Diesel confrontation with shoving Pooh Bear, uh, and end up with Diesel come back and basically giving him fuck you to Undertaker. It was I thought wonderfully told, and you, you saw what Brett had to do. Still, I, I thought you know, still did the crowd turn on Brett a little bit? Sure, they did because Undertaker was as popular as undertaker was, and it's kind of hard, to to be a baby face against the undertaker, especially during this time. So the finish made a shitload of sense. It's diesel fucking shit up. Cause he's pissed off. And that was the story.
0: Let's, uh, let's remind everybody at this point we've, we've traded stolen title chances. So, the idea here is Diesel and Undertaker have both cost each other a title win, building to their WrestleMania encounter. After the show, there's a series of interviews with Diesel, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, Vader, and Diesel's doing the Ric Flair saying that fans learn to love me because I'm the best thing going today. And in the background, you could hear people clapping and saying woo. But the idea is he's a tweener, and maybe he borrowed a line. But all of that combined with the middle finger, this might be the coolest the diesel character ever was, right?
1: Absolutely. And I, and it was that edge that people were able to, you know, I, I think that in many ways, goddamn, he was more baby faced than anything here. You know, yes, it was oh my god, it's a heel thing because he's going against the Undertaker and all this other shit. There wasn't anything he said and or did that wasn't justified and true.
0: Meltzer would say, coming off the big ratings loss the previous Monday, a lot of people seemed to expect an inspired effort across the board out of the Rumble, while the results of the three key yeah. matches were largely predictable going in. With the possible exception of the Goldust IC title victory over Razor Ramon, every match on the show fell below what would have been expected out of the match going in on paper. Uh, it was also another step in what appears to be the new direction stiffer blows, higher risk matches, and a general lack of psychology and focus to the matches of the WWF. The show began with a disclaimer saying that due to the graphic nature of the show, that parental discretion is advised. And then it went right into a shot of sunny in a bathtub. So I sort of alluded to that earlier that she was on the open of the show. I guess I didn't realize this is the first time maybe that happened. Do you remember there being sort of a paradigm shift in January of 96 of, okay, New year, new me type of thing. Cause it does feel like with the tweener character and some of the gold dust stuff and the disclaimer with sunny, the middle finger, maybe we're trying some stuff.
1: Yeah. And you know, it was, it was attitude and and it was before we even got to the attitude, uh, era, but it was try you trying to do something different and get out there with it and change the way that we had traditionally done a lot of the business.
0: I think you've told us this story before, but I don't know if it's the same scene. Is that disclaimer that plays at the front of the show where Sonny's saying parental discretion is advised? Was that shot in your tub? No, that was a different shoot.
1: That was a different shoot. No, Sonny never made it into my, my tub ever.
0: I, there was heat with, uh, someone in your house and her, right?
1: Oh, she never made it into my tub ever.
0: Okay. So no, they
1: actually spent, no, no. Chris and Sonny actually spent that, spent the
0: night at my house one night. Well, who did, who did somebody in your house? Not like,
1: no, it wasn't that they didn't like them. It was just that, that, that they, that they didn't, uh, had an attitude. No.
0: Well, no, okay. it was a different shoot. We'll move on. um, let would also say the show was more violent than the past WWF standards, mainly with foreign objects being used liberally, which had recently been a no, no, although no blood for the most part, the work rate was below the level of most of the shows in 95. Although the matches had more high risk moves, although the crowd appeared dead on television uh, there, it was said to be live. It was just poor crowd miking, And they were pretty hyped up about this. How big of a deal is that for your live presentation crowd miking. I me and you've never really talked about that before. Of course, these days, I think we're just playing loops on a video game. Cause we're in the pandemic era and it is what it is in years past WCW used to sweeten the crowd noise. I think is the technical term, but if you don't have the crowd mic, it can really take the viewer out right of it at home because it almost becomes monkey see monkey do like a mirror effect. If they're into it, we're into it. Right.
1: Well, it helps for any time. And if you can visually see the audience involved in something and having a good time and being excited about it, you're going to be excited about it, no matter what you're doing. So it's, I didn't really notice. Uh, I mean, maybe the, uh, the expertise of the guy making that critique with all the television shows that he's produced and, and the hot crowds that he's produced at every single one of the shows he's ever promoted indoor. or Wait a minute. God damn it. Um, yeah, I, I really, I thought they were into it. I think that the, the, I
0: thought they were good. <laughs> actually let's, uh, let's do some questions here. Oh, before we do, I want to mention, um, Dr. Jeffrey Unger did an interview saying Sean Michaels was 100% fine and fully recovered a few weeks earlier in the angle. He was saying Michael shouldn't ever return to pro wrestling. Michael's in his own interview, announcing his return said he was doing so against the wishes of his doctor in hindsight. Was that a little, uh, misstep and continuity?
1: Probably so. Yeah. Shit happens.
0: Since we're talking about hindsight, this is the era. This is the month where you guys start doing all the huckster and nacho man, billionaire Ted shit. If you had it to do over again, you think you would have done that.
1: I'd have done it stronger.
0: Recently. I saw when I was watching a raw from this month. Unbelievably, you closed the show with a huckster, nacho man, billionaire Ted press conference skit. That was the last thing on the show, not a main event, not wrestling actors, pretending to be people on another channel. And once it was over, there was a nice little voiceover from Vince that said this advertisement was refused by the New York times and the wall street journal. But another advertisement will run this Wednesday in the New York times financial section. And the gist was, it was like a, an artist rendering, almost like a courthouse sketch of, of, uh, of Ted Turner. And he's asking people of time Warner, Hey, where's that $40 million loss on Turner's books? Uh, you know, beware stockholders. Do you remember Vince taking out ads and papers going after Ted like that? That just shocked the hell out of me.
1: Well, it was a very, you know, again, it was a very competitive time and and there were just a lot of things going on with the aggressive nature of them going after our talent and different things like that, that, uh, you know, different time, different place. And the company was in a completely different place. So you, you do everything that you can to survive at times.
0: Let's talk about Jake Roberts Meltzer would say with the exception of Sean, it's Jake who gets the biggest crowd reaction. Fans are chanting DDT during the rumble. Obviously he's not the Jake of old here, but we know he's going to be around even later this year when the whole Austin Three Sixteen thing pops off that summer, did you have high hopes for Jake coming out of the rumble, just seeing the crowd reaction? Cause that has to catch you off guard, right?
1: No, I, I, no, actually, no, because I think that Jake Roberts was one of those iconic characters that the audience. Would love to see. So you know, coming out of that, this was the, the next year where we were looking at, uh, hey, maybe we want to use Jake in the office and and try to take his brain, pick his brain, and and utilize him in that way.
0: One last thing. I know we've talked about Vader before. I think it's probably the the start of when you and I started to take the show seriously. So go back and find it in the archives at somethingwrestle dot com. But the next night on Raw is where he attacks Gorilla Monsoon. Monsoon does the stretcher job. Vader is suspended. I think the story is in real life, Vader needed shoulder surgery, uh, following an injury he had at that outdoor bash at the beach, uh, match against Hulk Hogan. But it's reported at the time in the observer that Vader had not yet signed his contract. That can't be real, right? You wouldn't put him on the rumble and raw without having him sign a contract. I think we were there.
1: Um, as far as everybody agreeing on things and, and sometimes, you know, agents and lawyers and things of that nature can fuck shit up. I think that was, that was all it was. I I think talent was on board and, and just, uh, an agent and, and manager that, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't something that was commonplace in the business at the time, a little more commonplace these days.
0: Well, boys and girls, that's going to do it. We're going to put a bow on Royal rumble, 1996, and we greatly appreciate you joining us here on January 29th. And we (laughs) hope that, uh, everyone enjoys the super bowl coming up next week. No, seriously, we'll be back next week. Uh, we're adjusting our schedule just a little bit. Uh, we're going to try to record the main event from February 1st, 1991 as a bonus episode, (laughs) uh, for adfreeshows.com. our February 12th episode, the one that was supposed to air today was in your house six. And that's what we're going to bring you, uh, coming up here next week in your house, six is a super fun, at least for me, um, show to talk wait a minute, about. Wait a minute, wait, we're doing these weekly. Yeah. that's what we're trying to do, oh. bud. <laughs> and you know, that's actually closer because we're going to be covering the show uh, on the 19th and it actually aired on the 18th, but it's the follow-up from the show we just watched. So in the main event, it's a cage match with Bret Hart and diesel. Underneath, we've got Shawn Michaels and Owen Hart. We've also got action with uh, Yokozuna and the British Bulldog. Hunter Hurst-Hemsley working with Duke Drossay and the one, two, three kid working with Razor Ramon. That's all coming your way next week. It's called in your house, six rage in the cage from Louisville, Kentucky. So Corney was probably happy. He didn't have to get on a plane for that one. He could just ride up the road. Right.
1: Except he lived in Connecticut.
0: Oh shit. He's home and he's still got to <laughs> fly. What a rib. Yeah.
1: Goddamn,
0: motherfucker. Well, Bruce, uh, we're like on time. We're dropping a show on Friday. I don't know what the fuck's going on around here. What the fuck? Do you want to uh, say something to your audience who's been waiting patiently for new content and they got it?
1: Thank you, and I love you all still. I'm not reading Twitter anymore. I'm not reading texts anymore.
0: You're reading texts. You're reading texts. I did have you delete Twitter off your phone, though. You did. How's your life been without Twitter?
1: You know, here's the, here's the thing. I, I stopped looking at Twitter. I stopped, um, looking at investments. I stopped looking at my bank account. I basically just set everything up for just auto pay. I stopped, um, all the shit thinking I would actually have more time and that hasn't worked for shit, Conrad. Well, <laughs> however, however, I I don't have the negativity except when when people ha- put me on a three way chat and and text me um, all night during meetings with negative bullshit.
0: Doot doot doot, nabes. How random was that? That he just now listened to our episode on him. Yeah. Well, it's two years ago.
1: Yeah, well. That says a lot. Imagine, but imagine if he actually listened to it, not just heard it.
0: I don't like the way you fucking use your tone to me. You watch what you're, you watch your, you shut your mouth and you're talking to me, boy. Dude, dude, yeah, okay. Dude. Come on, Bruce, being a good man. I know you're hurting better, and you're sleepy I'm, and you're tired and you're stressed. Come on, stressed,
1: man. I'm sleepy and I'm tired. Isn't that, I think that's I think that was the the order.
0: How far away are we right now from some sleepy time water? What's that shit you use? Dream water. Dream water. So how far like, away are we from like that right
1: now? On really and truly, uh, about an hour and a half.
0: It's six o'clock. You're going to go to bed yeah. at seven thirty. No, it's, it's
1: mid- seven o'clock where I am.
0: Okay, so you're going to bed at eight thirty.
1: Oh god! I well, I'm going to take my sleepy time water. Then that doesn't mean I'll go to bed. I actually got home at whatever god awful time I got home in the morning.
0: Like two and or I three, my right? took sleepy time
1: medicine, and then I woke my daughter up to play wee golf.
0: <laughs> Remind, tell everybody what time you got home. Two thirty, 2: 2.30. And so you, in the middle of the night, woke your college-age daughter up to play wee golf?
1: Yes. Why didn't you text well, me? Well, because and, the wee thing is in her room.
0: And you wanted to play golf? Yeah. It just quick nine holes. You know, we could have recorded this show last night.
1: It was 12 minutes.
0: Oh yeah. That wouldn't have worked.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: All right. Well, uh, that's it boys and girls. We'll be back next week in your house. Six rage in the cage coming your way right here on something to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard. Rock on. I love you all. Except for you guys on Twitter. He doesn't see you anymore. Goodbye. (laughs) SaveWithConrad.com with Conrad.com makes saving money fast and easy. Just ask Matthew up in Delaware. We hooked him up. He gave us a five-star review and here's what he had to say. I'm a first-time home buyer and the first time refinancing. And of course he puts in parentheses here after continual encouragement to do so from Conrad on his podcast. Well, Jimmy and the team were knowledgeable, friendly, and flexible with me. As I learned about the process, they made everything simple and took care of all my questions and needs. The text message feature from Jimmy was ideal. The process led to me taking five years off of my mortgage. Really think about that. Five years gone. Now, you know what your mortgage payment is to the penny. Multiply it by 60. Because when you cut five years worth of payments off, that's how much money right away. Gone. We're talking a ton of cash. Let's say it's just $1,000 a month is your house payment. That's 60 grand. If your house payment's two grand a month, that's 120 grand worth of house payments you don't have to make. This is a no-brainer. If you're overpaying and you can pay less, why wouldn't you? Let us run the numbers and just have the peace of mind of knowing that you've got the best deal possible for your family with First Family. Get a quick quote right now at SaveWithConrad.com. It's no cost, no obligation, and if we can't save you some cash, we won't waste your time. We're licensed in more than 40 states, so what are you waiting for? SaveWithConrad.com. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Come on. And my last number, 65084, equal housing lender, savewithconrad.com. All right, now for something a little different. You're all familiar by now with the most hated jeweler in America. Uh, But that's a bit of a rib, as we say in the wrestling business, because Steven Singer is with us. And boy, Steven, we need some good news. And you have some great news about what you guys are doing over at IHateStevenSinger.com.
2: We do. First of all, thanks for having me. It's great to see you. It's, even if we have to do it via Skype, I wish I was there with you in person. And I can't wait till this stupid virus is done and we don't have to be in spacesuits and I could hang out with you in person <laughs> and uh, we could have some fun. I have to tell you, before we start, you've made me into a hero because my nephew and all his friends, when I told them what I'm doing today and who I'm talking to, they are unbelievable giant wrestling fans. Oh, cool. you're kidding me. You're going to talk to him and this. I said, yeah. So I became, you know, before I was a loser. (laughs) Now I'm like a popular guy with these guys. I'm I'm way up there now, you know what I mean, with that. And I showed him some of the pictures and memorabilia and different things. And man, oh, man, I became a hero overnight. It was just like I'm climbing in a ring with you. So I thank you for that. No, man, thank
0: you. And listen, I want to thank you because I get tagged in tweets every day with listeners who took advantage of your new rose this year, which is a, a bit of a Valentine's Day tradition. And, uh, you've got some really cool stuff coming up for mother's day, but really what you're doing to give back right now, when we're all in, I don't know, uh, uncharted territory with this virus, it's pretty phenomenal. And, and I'm glad we get to talk about that today. Tell everybody what you're doing.
2: Well, thank you so much for that. Well, this actually happened as an accident, um, last March when they first shut down the country because of this, this virus and the coronavirus and nobody really knew what was going on. We decided that we were going to take all of our sales from March through May to Mother's Day. And we were going to take a portion of it and go to local restaurants and local hospitals in our backyard, which in this case is Philly, New York, New Jersey, Harrisburg, you know, Washington, Baltimore, like in our kind of regional area and um, try to reward these frontline heroes. You know, the doctors, the nurses, the technicians. Uh, I mean, people, people that wheel you in the chair, everybody that works in the hospital that's going into this and they, they're they going wearing all masks up and they're wearing all kinds of stuff you know, to, to do it. And they're like firemen or police running into it. You know yeah. what I mean? And everybody else is trying to stay home and stay away from everybody. So we we go to these local restaurants. Um, somebody orders a gift from us. We take a portion of that. You don't have to do a thing. It's automatic. Every single thing that anybody buys, whether it's a $50,000 got diamond engagement ring. A fifty-nine dollar rose, a hundred dollar. Doesn't matter what it is, we take a portion of it. We go to a local restaurant, like a small independent restaurant. We have them cater it, and we feed the whole hospital, all the doctors, all the nurses, everybody that's in that hospital, and they do it safely. You know, their are individual stuff. Like at Thanksgiving, we did it. We did it Christmas. We did it New Year's. We're going to do it Valentine's Day, um, and then we do it every week in addition to it, but especially the holidays. Right. So for Valentine's Day. We have heart-shaped pizzas that we had made. That's and we get all the hospitals are getting heart-shaped pizzas. They're getting heart-shaped cakes, all kinds of heart-shaped stuff uh, to go with it. You know, all individuals. So all safe, you know I mean? That type of thing. So every, it's a four-way win. Somebody orders a gift for their loved one, their right. sweetheart, their girlfriend, their mother, their daughter, whoever it is, uh, on IHateStevenSinger.com. Whatever it is, they get the gift. Um, they get the pleasure of getting the gift and giving this money to charity. Then the person gets a great gift and then they get an email that says part of this went to feed this hospital and it shows you all the pictures. They could click on the pictures of all the different hospitals all over the country and all the different restaurants. And anybody that wants to, like if you have somebody in your circle of friends or family that works in a hospital or you, God forbid, I hope you don't, but have somebody that's in the hospital, we'll, we'll steer it towards them because we want to do it where we have relationships. Right. So we've done it in Texas, in Colorado, in California, uh, in Utah, we, we've done it in Louisiana. I mean, all over the country, just a- everywhere. Everywhere you can. Indianapolis, we just did one. Uh, we just did one in California, and um, so we'll go to a local restaurant. We get whatever their specialty is. Right. We get catered. You know what I mean? And then we send it over to the hospital and feed the hospital and give. And they, I just get hundreds of texts and thank yous and emails and cards and calls. And the people, they, you know, they need an attaboy. They need to say thank you. And they need that hug. You know what I mean? And when they're short of the PPE, uh, the PPE equipment and they're short, uh, it's difficult to do all these things. And they, you know, you and I, you know, you're in the fun business, you're in the entertainment business and fun and you give people joy. I'm in the love business. You know what I mean? They get, nobody comes to me and gets a ring because, you know, grandma died. Right. Everybody comes to me because it's, it's they're getting engaged. It's Valentine's Day. It's Christmas. I'm only dealing with fun stuff. Right. These hospitals, you know, what I mean, many patients do very well and they they give their heart and soul, but sometimes they don't do well. Right. And it takes an emotional toll on them. So it's been so rewarding. We had only planned on doing it for that couple months. We're doing it now all year, and we're going to do it until this virus is over. So wow. if it's all of 2021, I hope it's over in a month. But if it takes all the rest of this year, if it takes part of the following year, every week we're going to go around and do uh, hospitals all over the country. We want to try to get to every state and where the need is the most. So you can get a great, as you mentioned, we have the new rose this year for, for Valentine's Day. It's called Twinkle Twinkle. That's it's right. a deep, deep blue. It's the color of like the night sky. This is the way I describe it when the stars start to come out. And this is a deep navy blue and it has uh, little sparkles in it that looks like the night sky sparkling. It's very, very popular. As a matter of fact, um, I, I hope not, but by the time you're, uh, your fans, and everybody hear this, we may be sold out because they're selling unbelievably. And uh, as you know, we have a whole collection. We have about 60 different colors. And every year we come out with a new uh, premium color for Valentine's Day for the collectors. But um, we also have these in 24 karat yellow gold. We have them in platinum, which is a metal. And we have them in rose gold, which is pink color. So now people can collect them, and we have a display that goes with it. So you can get a dozen display, and every year just put another rose in there until you build this beautiful big bouquet. And they're all, if you want to see what they look like, you can go online to ihate Steven or stevensingerjewelers.com or our YouTube channel or Facebook, and you can see how to put it together, what that looks like. And as you know, the great thing is, because you and I are the same, guys are stupid. I- <laughs> <don't know> what <laughs> to do. And they always do it late and they always do it wrong. For $59, starting at 59 bucks, you got a gift that lasts forever. You know, it's not like real flowers are great. I'm not saying no, but a week later, 10 days later, They're in the trash, right? You know, this for the same money, you have it. It lasts forever, and um, it's just been one of the one of the great things. And we have a lot of great jewelry. We have a thing called the Star of Love, uh, which is an eight pointed star with a heart cut out of it. It's one hundred twenty eight bucks. Real diamonds, precious metal. Delivery's free. Gift packaging's free. The personal love note from you, free. Everything's included. There's no gotchas. There's no add ons. There's no secret codes. There's no sales. We're very transparent. Everything is, we're like you. You tell everybody the truth, whether they want to hear it or not. <laughs> you tell them Your opinion. You know sure. what I mean? Whether they want to hear it. And your guests come on. You expect them to be honest and transparent. saying right. you know what that what's going on. And it's one of the reasons I think you're successful. I like to say that we are the jewelry version of Conrad. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't work as hard as you. I don't have as many many different. <laughs> I'm not working as many hours as you, but. Yeah. So that's what we got going on. And you're, I mean, all your fans, man, are just killing it. I mean, we get so many great, um, so much feedback from all the wrestling fans all over the country. And it's just, you know, it I just hear, there's not a day that goes by that I don't hear your name in some positive aspect. Um, that something's going on.
0: Well, man, that makes my day. I appreciate you saying that one more time though. How much is shipping free And, and what's the special promo code they need to use?
2: No promo
0: code doesn't get any easier than that. And and by the way, as a reminder, not only do you get a great gift that will last forever, it's free shipping, it's fast. There's no promo code and maybe best of all, you're going to be helping local restaurants and local hospitals, the frontline workers who really need our help. Steven, this is an awesome campaign. Kudos to you and your crew for doing this.
2: Well, I got to tell you what's funny is, and I mean this sincerely, I feel a little bit guilty and a little bit selfish because I think that myself and my crew my staff we get more out of it than anybody else because it's really we're so lucky and so blessed that our business is 40 years old this year and we're doing so well because we have so many repeat customers and referrals from repeat customers over 40 years that not only did during the pandemic did we do good we're actually doing better than a normal year which is bizarre right because i guess people just really want to say you know I love you or I'm so lucky to have you in my life. You know what I mean? I'm so happy that you're alive and well and celebrate those things and more people are getting engaged than ever because of this whole situation. So, um, like my dry cleaner, when it just closed up, they went out of business. I've been using this dry cleaner for 20 years, but nobody's getting dressed for work anymore. Right. Everybody doing this, they're on Skype or zoom or some remote type of dial in. So I felt terrible. And, um, we've been so fortunate that I wanted to give something back and this has been so rewarding. And then we find that people, because they're doing it and they're getting these great gifts that they want to do extra because they want to send more hospitals and more food. There you go. So it's just been an absolute, you know, I'm not that smart. We just bumble into this. It was just an accident (laughs) and we did it and it's been working out really, really, really great. And it's, it's, you know, I felt like you and everybody else a little bit down in the dumps with everything that's going on, sure. you know, politically and, you know, with the nation being what it is and especially this virus. And this is making me kind of see the humanity of it and yes. feel a lot better about everything that we're doing. Um and you know, and, and your partnership and getting this out to all your fans is I can't even thank you enough.
0: Man, I can't thank you enough. We really appreciate your support. And to know that, you know, we've got sponsors like you who are, are stepping up and doing something nice for everybody, it's just, it's humbling, man. We really appreciate all your support. And I hope everybody listening to this will at least go check out ihateStevensinger.com. Not only, again, will you get a great gift for someone very special in your life, but you're going to be given the best gift of all. And that's uh, support for our frontline workers right now that we desperately need. So thanks for taking a few minutes today, man. I really appreciate it.
2: Thanks so much for having me on the show. Thank you uh, to all your fans and everybody that, that follows you for embracing us and taking us in, in, in and God bless everybody. Stay safe and, you know, stay healthy. We're at the, hopefully we're at the tail end of this, the next several months we'll get it all squared away and things will get better and we can go see wrestling in person. Yes. You know what I mean? Have some fun.
0: Yes, sir. Looking forward to it, man. Thank you for everything. Thanks. That's obvious soon. That's com. Hit it up right now. You'll be glad you did.
1: John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round.
2: Together,